Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, sharing valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. And now, here is your host, Rob Stanley. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Seller Novice Podcast. I got a really, really good one today. We got Paul Raffleson. Hey, Paul, how's it going? Hey, Mr. Stanley. How are you? Not too bad. So just to give you guys a quick background on Paul. And if I miss something, Paul, let me know. So Paul's a partner of Raffleson PLLC, founder of Seller Basics, executive director and volunteer online merchants guild. Did I miss anything there, Paul? Raffles and Schick PLC. Yeah, Raffles and Schick. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to leave Jeff out of there. I love Jeff. He's a great guy. We've had (laughs) him on. So, well, we haven't on on the new podcast, but I've had him on before. So we got a really good one today. This is a really hot topic going on. Uh, We have Amazon antitrust legislation, if I can get it out correctly, and effects on seller and kind of what's going on with that. So, Paul, I'm going to give you a quick kind of understanding from, I mean, I've been trying to read up on this stay up on it. Um, I jumped on uh, Clubhouse when you were on there the other day and was able to tune into most of it. So if, correct me if I'm wrong, but there is some some stuff going on. I'm kind of going to go high level here though. There's some stuff going on with le- legislation that are basically going to affect Amazon, which will in turn affect sellers. Is that right? And maybe let us know what is the antitrust le- legislation going on. You're absolutely right. There is a, a package of legislation. So you got a number of different bills that were introduced, um, mainly in the House, uh, that got through the committee. And these bills are very targeted towards Amazon in sort of their dom- what they kind of deem as their dominant position and targeting some of the business practices uh, of Amazon that you've heard, you know, criticized over the years, whether it's, you know, how Amazon competes against sellers, right. Or, you know, forces you to use certain services to, to get benefits on the platform. These bills are basically going after, you know, basically going to make it much easier for, uh, antitrust enforcement when it comes to Amazon. And it's very targeted. I mean, obviously the bills are, are, are specifying certain size that they start with sort of a definition of online platform and, uh, and and we'll get into that later, but you know the point is like there's a certain size, a scale, number of users, number of dollars you have to be running through. So it's very sort of very targeted towards Amazon. Although technically any platform that meets that criteria could could theoretically be targeted, but there just aren't any others out there. So we're not really talking about eBay right now. Uh, we're really just talking about Amazon, and so that's what this legislation is about. Yes. So they're specifically going after Amazon. Is that correct? I mean, which obviously is going to affect the entire community that we're all part of. Hugely. Absolutely. This legislation, um, while there's a lot um, of things that I view as, you know, that could be really positive for the seller community. um, You know, I I spent, you know, almost what, 13, 12, 13 years in corporate working in big corporations like Amazon. I worked for Microsoft, Walmart, General Electric, you know, so I'm looking at this, you know, we've, we, we've been plugged in. So the online merchant skilled is a nonprofit. You mentioned in the beginning, it's, it's sort of the advocacy arm of what we do. It's my way of giving back is to help run the thing, but it's basically, we advocate for sellers and 
Um, one of the things we were doing early on is we were engaged with the antitrust committee during during their investigation of Amazon. So they were investigating Amazon, Amazon's business practices and needed to hear from people who had experience. And so we submitted some documentation and, and actually, funny enough, we were the most cited resource in the report. So, you know, we really did give the antitrust committee a nice flavor for what was going on. And it was important that we did because, you know, to the extent, you know, anything's happening in Congress, it's always my view that, you know, those who should control the dialogue should be those who are affected, right? We don't want special interest groups that have really don't care about us. Like there's a lot of anti-Amazon sentiment in the world right now, right? Whether it's because of the wages or the treatment of their workers or whatever the reason it's out there, but that anti-Amazon sentiment doesn't necessarily mean it's pro-seller. It's not pro-us. It's just, you know, they want to see Amazon take down a peg. They don't really care how it's done. That's not what we do. What we do is we fight for the community of online sellers. We view that every, you know, the 500,000 Amazon sellers in the United States that make a living according to Amazon, uh, on Amazon, according to Amazon's latest release, right, need representation, need to make sure their voice is heard. And that, you know, if decisions are going to be made about their future, it needs to come from us and, 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 and be accurate and not spun to for other reasons and that's kind of what we're here to do and so anyway as a result of that antitrust investigation you may remember jeff bezos testifying for congress last year and there was testimony about a year before that uh, involving one of amazon's lawyers um anyway the long you know end result of that is that we now have these breakup bill well various legislation one of which is an amazon breakup bill um right now pending going through congress yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things there, uh, Paul, I want to touch on real quick. So if I remember correctly, uh, I think, did, did your name come up on some of the uh, paperwork that was mentioned? And then also kind of go a little bit back on like what kind of led up to this? Was there, has this, is this something that just happened recently? Because I mean, it made the news quickly and we all kind of took notice because obviously sellers, you know, we're all done with the seller community. Or is this something that started quite a long time ago and then took time to get to where it is today? No, this has been a, this has been an over two year process, right? They've been they've been uh, this has been over two years, and and it's funny when I talk to uh, committee member staff or congressional staff about this, and they wow, this is you know this is moving a little fast, you know, especially when we sort of first started getting in on. It. They said, no, it's been going on for years. What are you talking about? You you, you know, um, yeah, we were mentioned. I mean, the online my personal name wasn't mentioned. You know, I submitted everything on behalf of the online merchants field. So you know, we we made these documents and and submissions, which are available on you know the various websites. Like if you go to the antitrust subcommittee and look up you know, the Jeff Bezos testimony, you'll see submission by online merchants guild. That's me. And so when the committee basically, so what happened was, you know, there was this congressional committee led by, you know, Cicilline uh, uh, from Rhode Island, and they were basically investigating Amazon's market dominance. They were also investigating, you know, Apple, right, Google, there were other tech companies, Facebook, they were investigating in different ways. But with Amazon, you know, it's their market dominance. And what led up to this is just the history of reports, right? The stories of how sellers have been mistreated on Amazon, right? You've had your account shut down for no reason. You've had your inventory destroyed. You started a brand and the next thing you know, Amazon Basics or some other Amazon brand is competing against you. Um, how Amazon, 
you know, controls the buy box if you're a reseller, right? Yep. So, because um, I, I want to emphasize that point because a lot of people think when we're talking about Amazon competing against sellers, they're thinking, well, you know, it's just the private label. There's not a whole lot to it, right? I mean, by the numbers, I think Amazon private label is not very much, right? It's like it's batteries and then other things. But, it, you know, you look at the data and it's like it's not a lot. But we're not just talking about Amazon private label. We're talking about Amazon selling branded products, right? We're talking about, you know, arbitrage, wholesale, right? Anytime you're selling a product when Amazon is also the seller of the same product, right? And then they dominate the buy box. We're talking about that kind of behavior. So it's it's all those reports of the ways Amazon has sort of treated the sellers over time and sort of achieved this market dominance. Now Congress is concerned. They've, they've done their investigation. Um, the investigation was led by the FCC chair, uh, Lena Khan, who was counsel for this antitrust subcommittee, uh, very famously wrote this uh, law review article about Amazon's dominance. Um, and uh, here we are sort of years later, now Congress is ready to take action against the various platforms that they were investigating. And um, we have this legislation now that's basically designed to um, take away a lot of Amazon's ability to be dominant. And, and we can get into what that means. I'm just trying to space it out, but we'll get yeah, into no, that. I I appreciate that. So maybe let's let's break this down a little bit because I want to get a little bit better understanding. So what could this legislation mean kind of for Amazon? And then what about also for seller? And, and just to go a little further with that, like, could it have a effect on Amazon that helps sellers? Or is it kind of we're in line with Amazon? Like if it neg negatively affects them, it will negatively affect us. Uh, but don't answer that quite this second. We need to break for a quick commercial break. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Yeah, so Gatita is obviously a sponsor of ours. Head over to gatita.com forward slash sellernomics. I was just, just asking uh, Paul Raffleson about how this could affect Amazon and also affect sellers. Is it related or maybe if it negatively affects Amazon, it positively affects the seller. Go ahead, Paul. So, so the intent is exactly sort of, as you just said, the intent of the legislation is to negatively affect Amazon, positively impact sellers. And, and, and the way the legislation cuts at that is there's this sort of over, overreaching theme of, of fairness in the marketplace. And what they deem to be unfair is that Amazon, which they view as an online platform, right, has an unfair advantage because not only is it the owner of the online platform, it's also the player. It is the largest player, right? It is the largest seller in its platform. So it is always going to be under an incentive, whether it's an incentive, it's always going to be able to uh, maybe a little too easily, you know, rig the system so that it always works for Amazon, right? Not necessarily the sellers. And the way the antitrust committee sort of uses like, hey, this is the dominant platform in the world now, uh, certainly in the United States. Uh, it needs to be fair and equitable for everybody. So um, the various bills have different rules about, you know, what a platform can do and what, how it must sort of be equal to all. So, for example, you know, obviously the biggest concern, and, and this is kind of gets to the breakup element, they don't really want 
the platform to be owned by a seller. In other words, you're either the platform or you're the seller. So they kind of almost imagine they want to take Amazon retail and push it away. That's sort of one extreme. In other extremes, it's more about, you know, sort of building a wall between Amazon and, you know, making it so that it effectively is competing on par with everybody else and that it has no special advantages, no access to data that other people don't don't have access to, no unfair advantages. Um, but it's not just, you know, who sells on the platform. I mean, take take the sponsor, right? Take a data, right? It's going to want to make sure that, you know, the platform should not be allowed to sort of favor one vendor that relies on its API over another, right? Everybody should have equal access to the API data and the right to use it in the same way. Um, you can't make preferences. So it, it's really about creating and sort of an equal platform that just you know serves its purpose almost like a utility you can, in the way that they're doing it but it's just like you know the purpose of your internet service provider is to deliver broadband right not to choose which companies get better broadband versus others right like that would be bad if you know i could pay my broadband company to you know cut the internet speed of my competitors right that would be a bad thing so it's sort of like almost like turns it into this online platforms this idea of a utility that it's just serving this sort of utility you know, it is the gateway to the national economy and everybody has to play, but it has to be fair and equal rules for everybody, whether you're selling on the platform, whether you're a service provider that provides services to users of the platform, it should all be fair and equal. But the one with the most bite is the uh, Jayapal bill, uh, Congresswoman from Washington State, 3825, which actually says it's an illegal conflict of interest for an online platform to be owned by a seller. So by virtue of basically what she's saying is like, not only are these things conflicts of interest, but it's illegal to have them. So the only way to therefore resolve this is to break apart Amazon and say that Amazon, the store will be its own entity and Amazon, the platform will be its own entity. Um, FBA may have to be its own thing. Um, and maybe you liberalize the market to create competitive uh, fulfillment uh, companies that, that will offer the same service to be prime. But the idea is that like, they, they want to just liberalize the whole platform and just make it open for everybody um, and not have ownership be conflicted. Now, does that mean PPC will go away? Uh, no, they, I spoke to them about this. They said PPC will stay. The platforms are allowed to do PPC as long as the methods are transparent and fair and there's no preferences. So like, you know, one could argue that Amazon being Amazon, you know, one, if they're gonna give themselves the buy box, do they even need to pay for PPC uh, when they're competing against sellers on certain <laughs> products? And if they do, it's not a real cost. Like, I mean, it's like, if it's an internal charge, it's kind of bogus, but it's not, you know, they don't they don't have to play by that rule. So they're already operating an advantage, but, but in this world that they're envisioning, um, they view uh, PPC as being allowed in the same way it's allowed on Google or anywhere else. It just has to be fair and equal treatment for anyone who wants to use it. Can't prefer, you know, certain people over others. Um, just a fair bidding process. So that's the idea. So one could say, yeah, if you look at this legislation, that does sound like that could be really great for sellers. Like this is this could be a win, right? This could be, um, you know, fair and equal treatment. That's what we want. We're, we don't want these things to happen. We want transparency. Um, but that's not the whole story. And that's kind of the concern we have. Yeah. So a couple of quick questions regarding that and not to get off topic, because obviously Amazon is the big platform, but there's other platforms out there, right? Like, uh, eBay 
Now, I don't think eBay sells their own products. Could be wrong. It's been a while since I've been deep into eBay. But I'm thinking of something like a Walmart. Walmart does have some of their own brand labeled products, and they're letting third-party sellers sell on their platform all also. And now maybe they're putting them evenly. I don't know. It's It's been a while, again, since I've been on Walmart. But, uh, you know, wouldn't some of these other marketplaces be affected by these possible decisions coming up, Paul? Well, it's interesting you say that. So it kind of goes back to my point originally how this was sort of, you know, it's not, they're not saying they target Amazon. They're just targeting certain numbers, but they're viewing like if you're a platform at a certain number, you're, you're sort of in this dominant position and that's, that's where this becomes a problem. So eBay, as far as I know, does not sell eBay branded products. So they're probably, you know, less, even if they were subject to this, they, they wouldn't be necessarily um, impacted by it as much. Mm. Um, Walmart, it's interesting how you look at Walmart, but I think, you know, looking at some of the testimony that's been given, I'm under the impression that no, Walmart would not be impacted by this yet. But if Walmart were to grow and, you know, become as big as Amazon, but I think part of it too is because the way they're looking at Walmart is they're looking at its marketplace separately from its retail. I mean, if you put them together, right, um, you know, in terms of like sales, I mean, because how do you distinguish when you go to walmart.com now between, you know, it's kind of like Amazon, like you see a mix of stuff from Walmart, stuff from sellers, right? So it could be an argument. I don't, I, I don't honestly know. I just know at the present they're not thinking about Walmart because yeah. they view that the reality is, and, and this is true with a lot of our clients, right? Like we see this all the time. It's like, okay, you know, where do you make your money? Um, it's like 80, 90% Amazon, if not more, right? Sometimes 95% Amazon. And then it's like, you know, I just kind of do Walmart, eBay, Shopify, but it's, it's, it's without Amazon, I'd be dead, right? Like without Prime, without yeah. Amazon. And that's the reality. And so I think as long as that reality just remains to be true in most cases, like there just aren't that many, really successful Walmart sellers as there are Amazon sellers, right? Who are just like wholly dependent on Walmart the way they are on Amazon. Um, it's just not of the concern. So I think it's designed not to necessarily impact Walmart, but you, you segue into a good point because yeah. this is where the concern that we have starts because we're starting to start to wonder about the differences between, you know, Walmart, which has a marketplace or, you know, Target, which up until recently didn't, or let's say Costco, but, you know, the sort of the difference between Amazon and stores is something, something really interesting started happening about two years ago with Amazon's messaging that we picked up on and where this has us concerned. Yeah. I mean, uh, not to get, keep going on that particular thing, but you mentioned Costco. I mean, Kirkland's sitting right there next to, you know, Kirkland, whatever brand is sitting right next to a regular major brand. So really it's competing even in this store, you know, against other brands. So, you know, could could this end up having an effect on any sort of company that wants to do their own branding? I mean, I, a lot of the grocery stores do it. Um, then kind of a second point of that, Paul, though, if, if Amazon turned around and said, hey, we're going to stop selling our own products, our own brands, you know, Amazon basics go away. Does that clear this up? Like, would this open the door to be not as big of an issue and let things kind of slide through? Or what, what's your thoughts on that? Well, you segue into exactly what led to our concern because the fir your first point and your second point, definitely a good question. Um, let me let me start with your second one because that's easy. 
I kind of mentioned this earlier, like the mistake that people are making about Amazon, their own brands, Amazon brands are not a big part of Amazon, like the private label brands, right? As far as I know, it's like it's batteries and, and some other things, but it, it's, it's not an, it's not moving the needle, right? It's not the biggest element of Amazon. Um, but that's not what the concern is. That's not where for it's not that, you know, when they say sellers are now, I think, you know, I remember when it crossed 50% a few years ago, I don't know what it's at right now. Is it like 60% of the sales are now through the third party marketplace? Um, yeah. But whatever it is, it's not as if that other 40% or 50, whatever that is, comes just from Amazon branded products. That's coming from Amazon products that are being sold through the vendor central model, right? So that could be, you know, anything from, you know, major, major brands like, you know, Columbia or North Face. I'm just making it up. I, I don't know. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like just in the same way that, you know, uh, it could be from Gillette razors in the same way that Walmart sells Gillette razors, right? Like those products. So that's the competition that's included in that other side. So it wouldn't be have to be just Amazon getting rid of their private label. It would really just be having to be Amazon sort of separating themselves from the platform or like you said, potentially ceasing to sell their own, you know, their own vendor good, the, the, you know, being basically being in the wholesale relationship side of things, having their own brand relationships. I don't see that happening. Um, but your other point is really kind of where, where this leads down to, to, because you raise a really good point and you raise a point that Amazon made um, that we picked out. We told the antitrust committee, we said, please, please don't screw this up because this is so important because we can see what they're doing. Um, you said something earlier about Costco, Kirkland products being sold next to the major brand, right? And you had a really good question about that. Um, do you think, Rob, that when Costco sees, um, decides to make like Kirkland branded tie, you know, laundry detergent pods, you know, the way the Tide Pods are, do you yep. think that they might look at some of the data from the Tide Pods before doing that? Or do you think they just guess? Yeah, I would. My guess is that not just even Costco, the grocery stores, they look and see what's selling, you know. Absolutely. So if they're going to do their own brand, you know, say it's a can of corn that's, uh, you know, sweetened can of corn or something like that. If that thing's going off the shelf, they odds are they can see the sales data. They're going to say, we're going to make that. I think Costco would do the same thing. If they see a particular brand of what XYZ going through the shelf, they would probably go out there and do their own brand. Now, I've heard Costco, though. A lot of times we'll go to the brand that's doing well and ask to do like their own, you know, version of it. And I think even the grocery stores do that. So, but is that any really different than what Amazon's doing? I mean, Amazon, if there's a factory producing something and they, and they see it's doing well and they go to the factory and ask them to produce it for them. Uh, yeah. You know, it gets sticky there. No, you, you raised the point that, that I think that you basically raised Amazon's point. So, I mean, this was something that Amazon sort of made a point of in their original testimony from 2019 and sort of saying, hey, this is a sanctioned practice. This is something that retail has been doing for you know, a century. This is what retail does. We look at, you know, we, you have a store and the store owner looks at competing data from uh, what's going on and... Uh, you basically, you know, decide whether to create a private label product. So like any store, we Amazon do the same thing, right? We're like any other store. And that's the issue because that's where like my brain started tuning into this really, really attentively because for me to hear Amazon admit that they are saying that they are like a store and then they do it more, by the way, they can say, oh, pricing, we're not allowed to set pricing. Well, 
I mean, as any store can reject a vendor whose prices are too high, right? Like we don't have to feature that product if they don't want to sell it at a good price. So it was really shocking to me because as you know, Rob, I started in this space, like I started on an issue, you know, I was a big corporate law working for really big companies and um, pivoted into this space uh, years ago on an issue about sales tax. And the issue was, you know, are Amazon sellers liable for sales tax, right? That uh, for Am that happened on Amazon. And my position has always been, no, it's a violation of state law, federal law, constitutional law. And the main reason why, I mean, putting the constitutional law reasons aside, but just sort of logical, you know, realities is that at the end of the day, it is Amazon's store, right? Like when we sell on Amazon, we're, we're, we're not really retailers. You can't say that being a seller on Amazon is, is, is comparable to being a store at the Mall of America, right? There's a lot of differences, right? It is for Amazon, right? But it's not like, it's not my customer, right? We talk about ownership of the customer, right? That's a key difference. And in, in many ways, we as Amazon sellers are just supplying the Amazon store, right? It's Amazon's checkout, Amazon store credit card, Amazon's extended warranty, Amazon's return policy. Amazon, it's all the things that, that, that retailers do, Amazon does, right? But yet for tax purposes, Amazon just said, yeah, but we don't wanna be a store for tax purposes. We're gonna put it on the seller, which is illegal. Uh, violation of the Internet Tax Freedom Act and number of state laws, but you know they're powerful and pulled it off so far, and that's why we're fighting it. But it was really shocking because Amazon was under attack by South Carolina. They still are. What was their defense when South Carolina said you owe us, you know, years of sales tax for marketplace? They said we're 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 not a store. We're a mall, right? So to hear Amazon, who's basically said under oath in the context of tax, personal injury, where you know somebody buys an Amazon product and it blows up and you know you want to sue Amazon because the the real sellers in China you're never gonna get to them so you need to sue Amazon or you've got no recourse right Amazon always said we're not the store we're just the mall we're just the marketplace we're just the facilitator we're not a store but in, in the antitrust context about two years ago Amazon started saying the opposite they started saying no 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 it's our store over and over and over and over again as you go through that testimony it's exhausting it's like we're a store we're a store we're a store we even wrote that in our one of our most recent uh uh, submissions to the antitrust committee back in 2020 around the Jeff Bezos testimony. So by the way, we've noticed Amazon sort of flip-flopping on whether or not it's a store. So like when it's price gouging, oh no, no, we're not a store, right? We're just a marketplace. But when it's antitrust, we're a store. And it's a really, really scary distinction because when they say they're a store, what they're basically saying is a lot of these things that you're accusing us of, a lot of these bad things that you say we do, are actually not bad. These are things that stores do. Stores do private label. Stores choose what prices to, to, to you know, products should sell for. Um, stores can divert. Stores can buy like maps. Stores, stores can do whatever they want. It's, it's This is normal com competition. So we're like them. We're like Costco. We're not uh, an online platform. And that's what has us concerned because it's been obvious in Amazon's messaging over the last few years that they've been making the point that it's their store, their store, Amazon's customer, their store, you're called the selling partner. Um, and that has a concern because this, this legislation doesn't target stores, right? This legislation is not going after Costco. It's not going after Nordstrom. It's not going after Walmart, Target, right? Bloomingdale's, it's going after online platforms. So, you know, putting in my corporate law brain and just sort of saying, well, what would I do if I was, you know, in Amazon shoes and I already see the messaging? I'm like, aha, the obvious answer to this is this legislation is designed to break up online platforms. We're not an online platform, we're a store. 
So good luck with that. And that is really scary because what that could mean for us as sellers is a lot of things that, 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 you know, are even scarier than they are now, but I'll pause. And uh, yeah, we got to take a quick break, but uh, when we come back though, Paul, I do want to talk to you about like, do you think Amazon sellers should support this legislation and should they get involved? Let's uh, talk about when we come back from a quick break. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at Katita.com slash Sellernomics. Yeah, so to get that $400 in free reimbursements, head on over to Katita.com forward slash Sellernomics. I'm here with Paul Raffleson, and we're talking today about uh, a lot going on with uh, the Amazon antitrust legislation and effects on sellers. And my next question for Paul, I just uh, before the commercial here, popped that in. Do you think that Amazon sellers should support this legislation and should they get involved? Yeah, so so kind of finishing where, where I was going, it's like this, there's sort of a scary concept here that Amazon could duck this legislation by sort of yep. legally arguing their store. So should we support it or should we not support it? Um, I think we need to be supportive. I think we need to be supportive of legislation that actually works and that is effective, that actually makes it better and fair because there is a problem. Like the Amazon is on a path towards uh, dominance with impunity, right? And and it gets harder and harder to be a seller on the platform. Like we hear that every day. We hear that from from online merchant field members. We hear that from seller basis members. I hear it from my M&A clients. Like, you know how many M&A deals I deal with right now with the the aggregators are buying and it's like what are the why does the seller want to sell because they're just like i don't know what's going to happen next i don't know what's going to happen next week let alone next month this is an opportunity to get out like i'm just like i need out like it's just too scary um and it's a it's a great opportunity you know let let it be somebody else's problem right you know the thrasios of the world are in a better position to deal with amazon than i am so it's very you know, the, the amazon dominance problem is a real problem and we do believe that and it does need to be addressed what concerns me is that it's, if it's addressed with inadequate legislation, what could the result of that be? And does it even matter at this point, Rob, if the legislation passes or not? Because mm-hmm. as Amazon now sort of being under attack, right? Now that the bear has been poked, which we knew was going to happen, right? It's been, it was planned for years. Like we knew this was going to happen. But now that the bear has been poked, does it change the course of things? And therefore, do we need to push for legislation that is effective? Um, because let me run you through the scenario. Amazon is at the threat of being broken up, right? This legislation, if it comes through Congress in the way and it's, it's moving and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of momentum to do this. If Amazon is being forced to break up or if Amazon's even subject to a slew of ridiculous rules that would be super beneficial for us, but super bad for them, such as like the right to put our website on the listing, um, they're not going to take that line down. They're not going to just accept that. They're going to fight and they're going to say, we're not a store. We're not a marketplace. We're not a platform. We're a store. So unless you're breaking up Costco, leave us alone. And that's going to be what the fight is about. In order to do that, they're going to have to really convince people that we're concerned that they're going to have to really convince people that, that this is their store. And as they threatened in a statement, um, you know, very recently, right, when this legislation was passed, they released an official statement saying, you know, this could be the end of the third party marketplace. I don't think they're kidding. People say, well, that's crazy. They make so much money on the third party thing for this. But well, I don't think it goes away. But what I think happens is they convert it to sort of a vendor, a vendor express model where many of the principles of how 3P works will continue. 
but it's going to work in a model where you're selling to Amazon. So imagine no buy box, imagine, uh, you know, complete Amazon control over the listing, right? They can decide on a whim who gets, you know, top ranking, who doesn't. Um, FBA is still around, but it's a consignment, right? It's like, you're not just consigning your products to Amazon. You're doing something called flash title, which is something we used to do in retail. We're still doing retail where, you know, at the moment of sale, you know, me as the consigner, I'm deemed to have sold it to Amazon. And in that same split second, Amazon has been deemed to sell to the customer. So now Amazon is truly the vendor. They're the seller. They've established themselves as a store like Nordstrom, like Costco, like Target, like Home Depot. And by doing that, they've escaped all of this legislative scrutiny. But what they've also been allowed to do in that scenario is really consolidate their power over the, the sellers. I, I say, think, think Walmart in the 90s, for those of you who were alive then, you know, the reputation of Walmart, you know, it was always like the blessing and the curse of being able to sell your products to Walmart because you, you, they were notorious for squeezing small suppliers to death. And, and just imagine that scenario where Amazon can sort of do the things that's been criticized uh, overdoing, but now with impunity, because because in a way, this is what stores have always done in the history, you know, since the beginning of retail, and, and there's nothing we can do about it. And that scares me. And if this legislation passes and it's inadequate, it's not properly addressing what Amazon is. is you know, it's it's not defining online platform in a way that would apply to Amazon or prevent Amazon from ducking under the cover of other stores. That scares me. If this legislation doesn't pass. That also scares me because Amazon may still have to do this anyway, because again, the, the threat is real. They need to rebrand themselves. They need to get rid of that online platform label. And they have not, they don't really have a reason to keep it anymore. So the reasons for that. So I am supportive of legislation. I think we now have no choice but to get involved. I think we need to get involved and we need to make sure Congress actually understands what the heck they're doing because we have the people in Congress, I say this all the time, the people who asked Mark Zuckerberg how he makes money on Facebook without charging users are the people making decisions about our future and they are not hearing from us. So yes, we need to get involved and we need to figure out a way to raise money, to lobby and to have our voice heard and actually control the dialogue because that's what Congress is going to rely on. These people are going to rely on our dialogue or whoever can get into their ear to make decisions. And we certainly have the power to do that, but it's just very difficult getting everybody organized to do that. Yeah, that's that's some good information. And like I said, we that was a great clubhouse that you did uh, last week there. I tuned into Steve Simonson had a lot of good uh, points on that. So one of the points I heard kind of brought up and, and and we're not saying that people shouldn't get involved, but should they be freaking out right now or just paying attention and kind of being in the loop, you know? I think I don't think people should be freaking out. I think people should be running their business and going about their way. But I think you know, if there are people listening who, you know, wonder why are we just sitting here helpless, right? You know, when there could be action being taken on my behalf to protect me, I mean, you, you can't ignore the fact that there is a threat, like that we are under a threat right now. It's not clear, it's not certain, but it is real. Like it is, it is things are going to change, things have the potential to change. And they have the potential to change bad. Will it happen this week? Probably not. But could it happen in the next few months, year, two years? Absolutely. I mean, it could happen very quickly. Um, so it's not, you know, we're not saying, you know, throwing the towel and stop doing it. But it, it's just, you know, here is here's me. I'm trying to just tell people this is what it is. This is how the world works. When, 
major decisions are being made about your business in government, you're supposed to get together and build a coalition and lobby for, for your protection, for, for the benefit of your industry. And we're just not doing that. So, um, you know, getting involved with the Online Merchants Guild is certainly one way to, to be supportive. Um, getting, but, but one isn't going to do it. We need everybody's participation. I mean, we need to raise real money. This isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, it's not sales tax where certain people can say I'm not affected. It's not uh, price gouging where people can say, well, that didn't affect me. I didn't sell you know, price gouging goods. Um, this is everybody. This is the way we do business. You know, this is the way we all make a living. And so, you know, if ever there was a time for people to sort of understand and, and, and realize that it's, it's not just, you know, contributing to the guild, which is a nonprofit. And so we can raise the money, which we have a lot of money to raise to make, to, to get going. Um, but it's really about getting your community leaders, right. Getting people like, you know, you, you having us on the podcast, really helpful to get the word out. But if you have community leaders, influence, influential people that you, 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 you know, that you've learned from that you're part of, um, they need to get aware. They need to, they need to be protected, right? They, they, these people have, you know, made money from you supporting them and buying courses and things, whatever it is, like everybody needs to do their part here because everybody has skin in the game. Like, like there's never been an issue in the history of our industry where everybody from vendors to, you know, to, 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 to community leaders, to, to, um, you know, outside consultants and lawyers, like we all have the skin in the game. We all have, right. The prosper show, the, 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 whatever shows all these conferences, like everybody, like, like, you know, I sort of say, it's like, you don't want to be, you know, if you don't want, if you're somebody, if you're, if you're, if you're an influencer in the Amazon space, right. Like, do you want to end up as useful as a MySpace influencer today in the next few years? That's the reality. And if, and so you do have skin in the game. It's not just your people who sell on Amazon. It's all of us. We all have a responsibility to figure out how to get our message because why, I mean, do you agree? I mean, fundamentally, right? Like whether, whether I'm right, whether I mean speculative, like I said, I've been studying this, we've been in this for, for, for over two years, but regardless of whether you agree with my read, which I know is hard to hear because it's like, it's a little crazy, but you know, look at Amazon's messaging. It's they're saying it. Um, but whether or not you agree with me on that particular point, look at the bigger picture. These bills are real. They were passed, right? You can go on Congress.gov, Google, you know, 3825, uh, 3826, 386. There's a whole bunch of them. You can go read them yourself. This is real. People in Congress are making decisions, very important decisions about our livelihoods that will impact our livelihoods more than anyone else. We will be impacted. Amazon, obviously being on the other side of that, but we, are the stakeholders. We're also voters. Should we have a say in that? I mean, should is, is there any reason why somebody can explain to me why we should just let that process be with, you know, Amazon controlling the dialogue on one side. And then, like I said, there, you've got these special interest groups that are very anti-Amazon, but certainly aren't pro-seller. Like they're not pro-us. They're just, they have their own agenda, right? Social justice, whether it's, uh, you know, fairness and equality of work, treatment of workers. All, you know, noble causes, like, I, I'm not criticizing, I'm just saying, but they're not caring about us. Like those people don't have our interests at heart. The retailers don't have our interests at heart, right? They have their own interests, some of which may be aligned with ours, but nobody has 100% our interests at heart yet. We are the true stakeholders in this one. And so can you agree on that point? Like, should we not have a, a organized and coordinated lobbying uh, PR sort of campaign running right now? 
to make sure that our voices are heard. And, and actually, I believe we could actually control the dialogue. I actually have believe we can be louder and more influential than Amazon, because unlike Amazon, we vote. We're every one of our members and every person who is a potential member of the Online Merchants Guild is a, is a voter, right? I mean, you live in the United States, you're a small business owner, you have a vote, which means you're gonna mean more to a lot of people than one Amazon can. Um, you'd be surprised how powerful that is. And I don't think people really get that, but that is that is important in Congress. We have, we have a lot of, I guess that's what's frustrating, Robin, I'll stop, but I, I come from a world where that's normal, where, you, where when these things happen, you get a coalition, big companies throw a bunch of money and their coalitions built split second, right? You, you wanna ban large sodas in New York, all the beverage companies will fund a coalition in less than a minute and it'll be off the race as they go. Here we are, we have the potential to be one of the most powerful groups in the history of like in our world. Like, like we, one of the most powerful lobbying groups out there, so many of us. And yet we're like sitting here helpless, like, you know, just trying to get organized and, and it's really frustrating. So I want people to get involved and, and do things, but I just don't know, we're, we're tr still trying to work on that solution. So we have the guild, we've set up the vehicle. We, I am certainly happy to be t talking with Congress and working with Congress, but it's just like there's an execution element that just requires money. Like you just, if you want to, you know, bring a knife to a gunfight, we need lobbyists, we need PR, we need that whole machine to work. And that machine does require money. And we just aren't getting support and funding that we need to do it. And, you know, it's just sad because it's like, we could just totally control this dialogue and dominate this, this issue if we wanted to, but it's just hard to get that rallying uh, among us because, you know, we're, we're small businesses. Yeah, no. So I uh, I got it at the bottom of the screen there how to get a hold of Paul. There's several different ways. Paul, like we said, ecom.law is one of the ways you can get a hold of Paul. Sellerbasics.com if you're a seller looking for some help uh, regarding uh, selling issues going on with Amazon. And then, of course, like he just mentioned, the online merchants guild.org uh, if you are interested in getting involved and being a part of this. Worst case, go over there, sign up, and at least get your ear in and get some emails and messages when things are changing so you can be a part of it. Uh, you know, things do change a lot. Uh, Paul, been wanting to get you on for a few years. We just never really coordinated. So I really appreciate you coming on and uh, lots of great information there. And if things do change or come up uh, down the road, I will be sure to get Paul back on for another follow-up if somebody is watching this and it's, uh, you know, a while from now. I'll definitely uh, make sure that, you know, Paul's back on to follow up when things do change. Paul, any other uh, messages or how to contact you type of stuff uh, before we wrap up here? No, I, I like I said, it, it's, um, I appreciate you having me on. I, I love sharing the message. Um, you know, I have a law practice. Um, you know, we're, we're big in the M&A space. We're helping a lot of our clients exit. If you have any questions about what that looks like, feel free to reach out. We do complimentary consultations for, for exits because we realize it's a very important decision. If you want to hire a broker, Seller Basis is a great program for protecting your business along the way. It's got some really amazing benefits. Check it out. And that's how you support us. That's how you support my firm. Online Merchant Guild is a nonprofit. I don't drive any income or, 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 or anything from that. I, I devote my time. Uh, the funds we raise are used to pay for outside lawyers and lawsuits. You can Google. We've been involved in uh, pay for lobbying. Um, Whatever it is we need to do to get the job done for you, this is my way of giving back to the community that I support and uh, that supports me. And um, so, uh, you know, appreciate uh, everyone for taking the time to listen and learn. And if you ever have any questions, just reach out and love to talk to you, get to know you. Thanks so much, Rob. I appreciate you having me on here. Yeah. Um, 
awesome to talk about this. And I, I think, you know, <laughs> it was a very encouraging uh, clubhouse, a lot of, a lot of leaders. I think we have a little bit of homework to do, but um, hopefully more will be uh, forthcoming and we can actually raise, raise the money we need to really get this, uh, get this off the ground and, and make a difference. Cause I, I just think it would be, it's, it's, it's an amazing opportunity for us to really, you know, the last thing I'll say is you know, the one thing I left out is, you know, what could we accomplish if we do this? Not just, you know, on the one hand, we're trying to triage the worst case scenario. On the other hand, we have the potential to make it so much better. I mean, I'm talking about a seller bill of rights. I've had this conversation, you know, a true seller bill of rights, you know, about what, you know, this is our right to a livelihood, right? These platforms represent, you know, our, our pathway to making a livelihood in, in this e-commerce uh, economy. And, um, there should be a bill of rights that just sort of guarantees us certain protections, fairness and uh, transparency and how business is done on these platforms. You know, like I said, you didn't, you wouldn't want your broadband company conspiring against you because your competitor paid them to. Uh, yeah. we, we want fairness and transparency on these platforms. I think that's absolutely achievable. If we do this right. Um, it makes perfect sense. So um, yeah. awesome. Well, Thank great. you so much. Yeah. So I want to thank Paul for being on the Sellernomics podcast and everybody who's listening or, uh, you know, watching, I do appreciate you tuning in each week. Uh, we will be taking, uh, we got one more this week and then there will be a small break because prosper show, of course, all the sellers should be there and myself also. And, uh, sure, yeah. yeah, be sure to tune in and we really appreciate everybody, uh, tuning into us. So take care, Paul. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.